And now here they are, the most wingiest group of barely legal drivers to ever strum their banjos while racing in the Critter Country 500. Competing for the title, the world's fastest hunk of fur, first is the Bearcat Racer driven by you. Next is Shaker and Ernest in the hunk of junk. Pawing for position is the Sun Bonnet Trio. Right behind is the Five Bear Rugs in their KOG. Then there's Baby Oscar in an Autopia car piloted by his teddy bear. Oh, here's lovely Teddy Bear, the swinging sweetie of the dirt road. Next we have Melvin, Max, and Buff with the headless horsepower. Coming along is Window on the Whooping Buford. Sneaking along last is that mean machine with those double dealing baddies Mike Eisner and his sidekick Jeffrey. And even now they're up to some dirty trick. And they're off to a standing start. And why not? Their budget has been completely cut by Mike Eisner. And the project is dead. Well, that sucks. Welcome, dreamers of all ages, to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast with me today. As always, is my host, Ryan Dorman, and we are recording this on July 17th. It is Disneyland's birthday. Hooray! As a present, you get the new Lightyear Space Mountain, Ah. uh, and we're closing the, the Carousel Theater. And we're demolishing it for what? What are we demolishing it for? <laughs> a seating area. All right. That's right. But we're getting the people mover back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you see the like the retraction they made on the people mover one about the Lightyear Mountain? I actually did not hear anything about the retraction they made. <laughs> They're like, well, Lightyear's bombed, so I don't think that's going to happen anymore. It's like, ah. Oh. Lucky you. Lucky I mean, you, you could say that anytime any yeah, movie comes out, right? There's going to be rumors about everything, uh, mm-hmm. and then with Disneyland being as old as it is, I mean, maybe that. What's the one thing people are talking about? The uh, the the boats, the um, the motorboat crew, the motorboat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because uh, like they uh, like an Imagineer Scott Trowbridge, uh, who spearheaded the entirety of Star Wars Galaxy Edge, is like posted this cryptic photo of that area and he's like i'm working on something <laughs> yeah the, everyone's crossing their fingers that it's the uh the new uh, uh motorboats but in reality it's just going to be another light year space mountain it's, a, <laughs> it's another seating area that's right it's an octopus they're taking a, an octopus from japan and putting it there as well <laughs> um, well anyways when was the last time you've been to disneyland Oh my, I think if I remember correctly, it was about a year ago in about a month. So last August, I was in Disneyland for a day. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I went to, I know, it was it was very quick, so I don't even think I mentioned anything. But when I was in California last August, uh, I did, I stopped in Disneyland for one day, but not in DCA. I think not the Avengers DC- campus was open, and I still, I not still did in not. DCA. I looked at that ticket price, and I was like, yeah, screw it. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not paying to go over there. Last um, time I was at Disneyland was uh, a week after Rise of the Resistance opened, right before the pandemic. Mm. And I still haven't been back. 
Um, and I, I was going to go back. I think I told this story on the, the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I was going to go, and it was turned out to be like the very day after the haunted mansion went down for its refurb. So yes. I actually went screw this. Yeah. And I have resolved that I won't be back until 2023. I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait it out for a Runaway Railway. Well, thank God you didn't go to Knotts, right? Oh my gosh! So we're recording this the day after Knotts closed, three hours early due to what apparently was some teens fighting security guards to post on TikTok. Hey, it's the it's this day and age, right? <laughs> welcome, welcome to. Our new reality. Well, thank goodness that's the only bad press Knotts is getting and not the racist Mexican area. Oh, <laughs> which that's, they're correcting. Uh, um, are are they really? That? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're like okay. uh, changing a bunch of stuff in there. They're redoing the Montezuma's Revenge roller coaster. Huh. So hopefully it'll be uh, less stereotypical. Uh, Knotts goes woke. Uh, I think <laughs> I've, I've been on a roll with these horrible jokes recently. Um, the I think less- it has. <laughs> Unless uh, we get the term woke in this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's uh that's uh that's how <laughs> we get on that's how we get on Spotify for five years and then <laughs> off Spotify. <laughs> well, um, that's how we get the what the uh five hundred million dollar contract or whatever it is. That's right. We can start right. to, you know you know that if we started coming out against quote unquote wokeness in the Disney community, we would be launched to the the top of the uh <laughs> Facebook groups. <laughs> it'll be a very lucrative business i mean there, there'll be a small minority going how dare you but uh, uh it doesn't matter because we're gonna be raking in the bucks so so waiting until runaway railway seems like a, a good idea just because it seems like disneyland is a little dormant with the uh with things being more expensive and and mm-hmm. very little very few updates yeah um, but 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 i think disneyland is a place that holds pretty strong place in both of our hearts um mm-hmm. you because of how many times you've been there and me yeah. because i'm a, a bit of a fanboy. have you ever been uh, to disneyland on its birthday i believe i i believe i did i believe i was there for the i think it was the 50th i'm trying to remember if you were there in 2005 no so then the 60th that's what it was <laughs> <Okay>. thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you I, yeah i was like the 50th is the one with the really good fireworks show i wasn't there for that one but yes. i was there for the one with the really bad fireworks show <laughs> the uh, one where the world of color made more sense yes uh, yeah. Well, yeah, i remember everyone hated the world of color and liked the like disneyland it. one but i like the world of color one yeah I, I neil patrick harris is you know he had his time and place in the spotlight but uh <laughs> I think that yeah, the world of color was was the really nice show that year. I think I was there for the sixtieth. Honestly, I don't think I woke up for the <laughs> for the uh, park open. Um, mm. I, was, I guess I was lazy, fifteen year old or something. No. But um, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. D- Disneyland doesn't feel its age until its birthdays, when they really want you to know that it's it's sixty years old and and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and they they pin a bunch of diamonds and bedazzle everything. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. they get the, the nice little diamond castle. I did go for uh, the one in 2012, which would have at that time been, I believe, the 57th. Yeah. And uh, I remember they would, they held the ceremony. So you had this ceremony that would be held in the town hub. And it was very weird. Like they uh, they played Walt's opening day speech over mm. the reco- uh, the loudspeakers. And then they asked everybody to go into a course of happy birthday. 
So you're literally singing to a theme park in the theme park, which is just is is kind of surreal, but it's almost kind of emotional because they bring out a bunch of characters. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter, like a rare characters, they'll bring out familiar characters. You know, you'll have Mickey, but you also have like Little John there, and they all come out and then they start singing and dancing. It's actually kind of cute. Um, I was like, I actually got kind of emotional and wrapped up into it, even though if like if you were looking on the outside, you're like, the hell is this? <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's it was it was something I always wanted to do. So I'm glad I actually got to experience it. Was there anything different about the day? Otherwise, not really. Um, mm. It is also funny that um, July 17th is technically Disneyland's noted anniversary or birthday whatever you want to call it um however um the actual first day people do contest this the first day was actually open to the public was actually july 18th um but of course july 17th was that infamous press day so that's what they've always kind of stuck on to mm. that makes sense i guess you know why mm-hmm. not right it's the first day guess i guess entered the park mm-hmm. uh uh, before we continue on to our main topic, which is Disneyland related, so yay! Um, have you ever watched the opening day special? Um, no, I, of course I've seen bits and pieces, but mm-hmm. uh, what the, what they'll show you in in the Disney little reels that they'll present as history. But I've never actually sat through the entire thing. Is there anything of note besides the the opening? It is really weird. Um, hmm. and like there's gun parades. And uh, just it's it's obviously completely dated and problematic and racist in many areas. Aunt Jemima Mm. shows up, for instance. Uh, I believe Aunt Jemima was a. uh, Am I correct? Was she not like a mainstay in the park for a couple years? Yes, at the Pancake House. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's uh, the River Bell Terrace. I think. Yeah, I mean, to open the park and make all these deals, like C.V. Wood had to reach out to independence uh and you know disneyland didn't at disney walt disney didn't actually own like really of all of disneyland's food and shops mm-hmm. um until gosh probably the the 60s because like aunt jemima had a pancake house and that was owned by the people at aunt jemima and the the uh main street of course had a bunch of independent shops like the Wizard of Bras, for instance, there was actually right. an underwear lingerie shop in Main Street, like all that crazy stuff like that. Uh, the 1950s was a very interesting time, but the, the opening special, that is something else. There, there is a reason why if you go on Disney Plus, you will see uh, the pre-opening report of Disneyland, which is this nicely um, curated uh, special that was made for the wonderful world of Disney just shortly before it's opening and not the opening day special because it includes crazy stuff and lots of problems. It was like one of the world's first live broadcasts of anything. And it features Bob Cummings cheating on his wife live on television <laughs> <laughs> and, and really weird stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you can definitely watch it. You just type in YouTube Disneyland opening day special and you can watch it. Um, it's boring for the most part. It's kind of like the Star Wars holiday special. You know, it's a little bit of a train wreck, but right. it's historical and it's preserved. But uh, I don't think the company actually wants to acknowledge it. Well, they'll acknowledge it as much as they can take well, the yeah. nice stuff yeah, out of it. Yeah, like, exactly. They'll yeah. play Walt's speech. And, you, you know, don't think this is heading to Disney Plus? 
I don't anytime see soon. It. I don't see it heading the Disney Plus. No. If they were, they would have put it a while back. Um, and you know, jokes on me if like we're recording this at like eight in the morning Pacific Standard. If we find out it's like, hey, just as a surprise, they they put it all up. I don't, I don't think they're gonna pull it. Uh. There's there's no way unless like I mean, you has like the giant disclaimer, but I just don't see it happening. <laughs> No, I, I, I am. I doubt it. Maybe today, you know, who knows? On Twitter right now, they're releasing it and, and apologizing. And Fox is going on a big tirade about and how then- people are censoring Disney. History, they're censoring. Yes. Yes. How dare they? How dare they? Hmm. Uh, you just keep going, don't you? I know. I've become a radicalized conservative in the past week. <laughs> okay. Trying to overtake the podcast. So, anyways, uh, today we're going to be discussing a little bit of country and only a tiny bit of rock and roll. Uh, this is uh, our main topic. Hey, Rufus, wake up! It's showtime! Here we are for our main topic, the Critter Country 500. Uh, before we get into it, I want to know, what are your opinions on the Country Bear Jamboree? <sighs> you know, every time I, I, you ask this question in the beginning, and I'm always like, okay, sometimes it's like, I have no opinion. Other times it's, I love it. But these are like the, the moments where <laughs> start a big argument. Uh, the Country Bear Jamboree is something that, um, you know what happened? My, my parents, when I was young, didn't care for it. They found it very right. boring. Just mm-hmm. like at ninety nine percent of people do, I would I would argue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't go on it for a long time, and I didn't know anything about it. I knew of like the general idea that it's a bunch of bears that sing a song. And one like really not busy day at the Magic Kingdom, uh, I walked onto the ride just because I was bored. I think I had nothing else to do. I'd been there for probably too long, and uh, I sat down. And that ride is is. First off, it feels its age, but not like in a bad way. It just feels like it's something made around the the early Disney time. But but second, it's kind of like in some cases of a weird fever dream with more innuendo than I would have imagined. So I I I, I have a, a positive feelings about the Country Bear Jamboree. When did you go on it? Do you know the year? Oh my goodness! No, it's just a couple years back. Okay, uh, so you definitely saw the shortened version. I would imagine, yeah, yeah. What did I miss? Like, what what was missing? Well, we'll talk about the history, of course. But uh... right, uh, the thing is, is in I believe it was 2012, the uh, Magic Kingdom shortened the show by like a full four minutes or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they got rid of mostly all the interactions between the uh, the bus, Melvin, Max, and Buford. Mm. Um, and so the thing is, is if you watch it, the bus only come really alive like and talk and believe in the beginning and the end mm-hmm. and they used to interact throughout the entire show and they don't anymore and it sucks mm. yeah uh, it I, does sound like it's a pretty bad part of the, that seems like it's missing like a, a pretty big part of the uh the whole jamboree like the right. audience talking the statlers and the waldorfs and stuff mm-hmm. like that <laughs> exactly and i'm not a really big fan of the shortened version i get why they did it but 
I do miss the longer version. Uh, it's funny that you said say about your parents being feeling bored or not wanting to do it. It was the exact same with my parents, except on the other coast with the West Coast. Um, mm. So my parents, we never really went to the Country Bear Playhouse. Maybe if we did, we could have saved it. Uh, and I didn't even know. I don't even think I knew it was there until I was like on the Internet regularly. And that's when it mm. just closed. And funny thing is like uh, after DCA, the one of the things I remember tracking was the uh, country bear closure into poo. And I mean, the thing is, is that I could have I could have gone and see it, but I just I never did. I just never felt motivated to do it. And I feel bad now because I actually really like the vacation hoedown version more mm. than the regular version. I assume you've never watched videos of the either the Christmas or the other one. I've seen bits and pieces of the vacation hoedown. I believe you and I talked about it a long time ago. Okay, uh, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know much about the Christmas version. Frankly, I get the Country Bears and Emmett Otters confused so much. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I guess maybe I had the DVD for both <laughs> movies and I never watched the Country Bears. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! The Country Bears movie, you get confused. Yeah. Emmett Otter, because I could definitely tell you those are two very <laughs> they're, different. They're, in, they're incredibly different movies. I don't know what it is. I, 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 I I'm on what's called Emmett Otter's Jug Band, Band Jamboree. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So not no, not only the movie. I'm not kidding. Even the ride. Like my mind has created this neural link that has lasted since childhood between those two, and I don't know why. Because I've never actually seen the Country Bear movie. <laughs> I don't know what we'll, it is. We'll discuss that in a little bit, but the only <laughs> that they they do have one thing in common is that they have creatures created by Jim Henson Creature Shop. So I can tell you that. Oh, okay. The one thing they have in common. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Both yeah. of them are horrifying. <laughs> um, but I, I have seen bits and pieces of the Vacation Hoedown. I think that's okay. what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Christmas one, I I, I dare not attempt to cross that neural pathway one more time (laughs) i like the christmas one it's cute uh but anyways uh let's get into the history of the country bear jamboree and where it might have come into a ride so in the 1960s walt disney eyed mineral king to build a ski lodge in the sequoias being granted the right in 1965 a sedate alpine village the goal was to preserve the natural beauty of the resort for as much as possible Walt knew there had to be other things to do when the weather either got too nasty or too warm. He enlisted Mark Davis to come up with a restaurant entertainment in the form of a band of merry animatronic bears. Mark spent much of late 1966 designing various musical bears, which gave what was called Walt's last laugh, as he said goodbye to Mark after having chuckled at them. Walt never, ever said goodbye before. (sighs) So... Of course, Walt Disney died in December 1966, and Mineral King continued on. Now, there will be an episode about Mineral King eventually, uh, so we're just going to have to cut this short. Uh, needless to say, that the project fell apart due to protests concerning a highway to get the pro- to the property. So it wasn't a problem with the property itself. It was actually this highway that would have cut through the sequoias, and a lot of the um, environmentalists, they just were not 
uh, fans of that. Uh, when Project Florida shifted focus to the Magic Kingdom Resort, it was decided to use the Bear Band development over to that theme park. Deciding on a country flair, the Country Bear Jamboree opened on October 1971 on Magic Kingdom's opening day. The show is hosted by Henry and features a cavalcade of singing, dancing bears, along with Big Al, Trixie, Zeke, Shaker, Zeb, Windows, Liver Lips, McGrawl, Gomer, the Sunbonnet Trio, and more. The show was a massive success in Florida thanks to the, its southern flavor and was decided to immediately port the show over to Disneyland, as you do with a show with the song uh, Mama Don't Whoop Little Buford. Uh, on the west coast the indian village oh god (laughs) was converted into bear country in 1972 this new land on the northwest tip of disneyland included the mile high bar which was uh done with these infinity mirrors to make make it look like the bar went on and on and on and teddy bear's arcade as well as cave where you could hear rufus snoring in you can actually still hear this sound effect on Splash Mountain today, but probably not for long. Uh, but of course, the main attraction was the Country Bear Jamboree. This time with two theaters for twice the capacity. They found it was going to be really popular to be as much of a hit as it was in Florida. But in 1972, it saw big crowds. In 1973, they had largely faded. Since many rarely saw a need to go past the Haunted Mansion, the show started seeing less and less attendance. And remember, there's more and more local, so animatronic shows tend to have less repeatability. Uh, Mm. In 1984, it was decided to add a Christmas show to both coasts. And in 1986, the Jamboree in California was converted to the Country Bear Playhouse for a permanent run of the then brand new Country Bear Vacation Hoedown. Uh, This version was more California-friendly, including a more contemporary flair and a bit less country music. This actually ran in Magic Kingdom as well, but Magic Kingdom got the Country Bear Jamboree back in 1992 um, as a bit of celebration for the resort's 20th anniversary. In 1989, the Playhouse saw a new neighbor with the e-ticket Splash Mountain log flume, and the land turned into Critter Country. This very well saved the Playhouse for many years as it drove up attendance. Of course, Splash Mountain's entrance is right across from there. But by the end of the 90s, it was once again playing the less crowds, most likely thanks to those unnecessary double theaters. However, because of those dual theaters, the space allotted to the show was sizable enough to possibly house a dark ride attraction. So now we're going to back up to the 1980s. Uh, Two proposals were drawn up to place an e-ticket next to the Haunted Mansion. The first was a log flume based on Song of the South called Zippity-Doo-Dah Run. The second, of all things, was a soapbox racer attraction called Moonshine Racer, where guests would take soapbox derby cars and race through scenes themed to the feud between the Hatfields and the McCoys. Guests would board in Bear Country and disembark in New Orleans Square as they rounded to the back of the Haunted Mansion. I'm sorry, what? The, <laughs> the Hatfields and the McCoys. Well, yeah. everyone knows the Hatfields and the McCoys, of course, right? A classic story of American brothers turned against each other. Or neighbors, right? Was that what it was? They were neighbors, yeah. Yeah, I know all about that from the the uh, the teaser for the History Channel show I never watched. <laughs> 
uh, I do know, like in um, Pigeon Forge, Dolly Parton actually has a Hatfields and McCoys. I believe it's owned by Dolly Parton because she also has like another show. But there's a show that's like the Hatfields and McCoys feud show. Hmm. Dinner show. Yeah. You know, it's a story about two equally good families doing, <laughs> doing defending themselves. So. It's just so weird. Could you imagine this? You're like riding this in Disneyland. You're riding this soapbox racer and what they're like two families like holding rifles. Pete, there was a like narrowly a time where Disney would have just become a park about weird Civil War history. Oh, like God. nobody, well, nobody stopped Disney. some of these, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Disney's America. <laughs> well, of course, right? That's the, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know how they would have updated that to Marvel. That would have been incredible. Captain, Captain America. America there we go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Captain America. Disney America, soon. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, Tony Baxter oversaw both projects as he was incensed by two Knott's Berry Farm attractions, the Timber Mountain Log Ride and the Wacky Soapbox Racers. As told by Baxter himself, the racers attraction was the cheaper option because of the less intense ride system as water attractions normally cost more, not including the animatronics. Of course, one day in traffic, Tony sought the idea where he took the figures from the soon to be shuttered America Scenes attraction and placed them into the log ride, which cut the costs in half. With that and some help from Breck Eisner, as it's uh, this story where they're like going through Imagineering and Breck goes, oh, that that ride looks cool. And he points to the Splash Mountain model. Uh, Michael Eisner, Greenlit, zippity Doodah Run and Moonshine Racers was shelved. However, in the mid to late 90s, Imagineering sought to bring back the racer's idea, but instead of a coaster, this time it would be a family-friendly dark ride starring the Country Bears. This was the Critter Country 500. And you could see a wonderful poster there done by Merritt. It is gorgeous. Um, You can definitely uh, tell. I like, uh, you could see the uh, ride vehicle right there and see all the bears and things are going crazy. It's a very, very cute little poster. Um, Led by Tony Baxter and Christopher Merritt in an effort to preserve the country bears in Disneyland, the theaters would have been emptied out and the space redone and expanded for a dark ride. Guests would be led through the familiar archways to attend the first annual Critter Country 500. Climbing the race cars that resembled the Arkansas Chugabug from Hanna-Barbera series Wacky Races, guests would take off into a side a tunnel that would lead inside the show building, much like the Winnie Pooh attraction does today, which we'll eventually talk about. Uh, are you familiar with Wacky Races? I, I don't know why I'm asking this. Yes, way. I am. You are. You are. I watched it when I okay, was well, well, Okay, okay, okay. Which one? Uh, what do you mean? What does that mean? Because there's like a multiples of these. I think they did like a reboot. I, 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 I'm no, I believe it's the original original on um, like boomerang or something. That's right. Yeah. 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 So whenever I was sick from school, the only thing that would be on at like 11 in the morning, like, you know, you'd, you'd get up, you'd have a headache, you'd yeah. stay home, then you'd wake up again and it would be right. like 10 and there's nothing on TV except for wacky races. And you said Looney Tunes as well, right? That's right. Looney Tunes, wacky races. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, that's like, that's where I got a McGilla gorilla. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all right. that's where I got my, my, my filling of old cartoons cartoons um <laughs> that and like old cheap dollar sword dvds and stuff like that uh i, uh, I definitely Lulu. remember because my first television was this tiny portable 
TV that my grandmother loaned me. And I mean, like this thing had to be like, like 10 inches, I think. Mm-hmm. And the one thing it's like, okay, well you could get basic cable on it. So it flipped the, to 65, which was cartoon network, which of course showed a bunch of old Hanna-Barbera, like Hong Kong Fooey and yeah. <laughs> Hong Kong Fooey, uh, cat. And of course, wacky races with, uh, Dick Dastardly, Penelope Pitstop, uh, all those, all those good characters. And, uh, I was always, it was so funny because like, like, I don't know how the heck they milked a series out of it because it was the same exact thing all the time. They're racing Dick Dastardly and Mutley try to screw with the course and mm-hmm. it always backfired on them. And that was every episode. <laughs> Well, then, yeah, that's, it was always identical at the same yeah. time. But I guess, uh, I don't know, I guess there was nothing to do back then in the when it came out. So mm-hmm. you just watch it, see you one. It's like it's like a much longer version of the hot dog race at the baseball park. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but I would have loved to uh, ride it. That seems like perfectly made for this kind of property. Oh, so absolutely. It's a great idea to take it, but give it a little country bear twist. So Kirk Hansen, a Hanna-Barbera veteran and wacky racist fan, took her on designing the scenes that are very familiar to the iconic 60s show. Henry and Sammy would be seen at the starting line as announcers for the race. Various characters raced each other like Ted, Gomer, and Ernest in their own wacky vehicles. So we have some concept art here from Kirk. Uh, you could see uh, the Sammy and Henry are Sammy's like waving the finished flag. And uh, you could see uh, they are broadcasting to ESPN. Get it? No. It's like ESPN, but it's ESPN. Right, but what does the P it, stand for in ESPN? Entertainment and Sports Programming Network. So, Entertainment and Sports Bear Network? Network? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jokes. Okay. Yeah, I guess the joke wouldn't have worked if you didn't switch the P and the B because it wouldn't have made no, any sense. You'd have no clue what anyone's talking mm-hmm. about. But it also doesn't make sense when you put the B in it. Yeah, uh, we could see right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe this is uh, Ted and Gomer. And it's funny, like, notice how. Okay, so this is very important to notice how they're reusing the animatronics. So Gomer, as you can see, is in the driver's seat. Gomer usually plays the piano. So his stature and his hunch is exactly identical to what he would be doing. And so they're just basically trying to find new ways to reuse these animatronics. I do like though, there's a pig on the front of the vehicle. And this kind of looks like a weird steam train type vehicle. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like there's, it's running on corn. <laughs> oh yeah. It seems like yeah. there's a big box of corn in the back. So yeah, I guess they put the corn into the fire into there. The fire and, and that popcorn maybe. Oh my gosh, that's so clever. That's probably what's coming out. It's popcorn. So it runs mm. on popcorn. That's so cute. Okay. Uh, and then the next one, you could see Ted, who is um, usually uh, blowing the, uh, what is he? Like he's blowing the jug, I believe. And, or is it Ernest? I can't remember. I'm sorry. I get my country bears confused all the time. Uh, he's <laughs> usually like blowing the jug, but instead of blowing the jug, now his puffed up cheeks are supplying it via wind power. 
as he, as he takes this stretched out overalls that he's put as a sail over his vehicle. That's the one power that will never run out. Ah, it's wind power. Wind power. <laughs> no, it's mind power. Brain power. Brain yeah. power. When is wind power going to run out, though? When are they going to run out of wind? Anyways, um, <laughs> I don't know. All I know is uh, we got many more hurricanes to go. So what can you do? Um, so details for this ride's progressive storyline are relatively unknown, but the intent was much like America Sings to Splash Mountain through a line, using, reusing these animatronics for a brand new ride. And of course, that didn't happen. But um, what are your thoughts on this idea? Um, the the way you relate it to wacky races is absolutely accurate. It definitely is like a a, a very Disneyfied, and I hate to bring up Knots again, but uh, it is very reminiscent. It reminds me of like the Knots kind of character, old Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely a creative idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that you know had the thing been built, the final product would be exactly like a cartoon uh, brought to life. Yeah. Um, in in the way that the show is, but even more so. The mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't know exactly how the uh, you said it's a, a dark ride, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess it wouldn't be that fast. Maybe the fastest mm-hmm. you'd get is something like Mister Toad, where you're like uh, bending corners and stuff like yeah. that to give it some sense of speed. But it, it's definitely a way. It, it it it. Well, we'll talk about it, of course. The more we talk about why it was and wasn't built, but it's interesting to base a whole dark ride along the country bears um just because i wonder if the country bears are popular enough to get their own spin-off like it is essentially it feels like a little bit of a spin-off ride yeah no you're uh, right in, in the way that the knots berry tales current one whatever it's called the jam mm-hmm. shooters i don't i don't yeah it's like called, uh, return to the fair yeah exactly in the well. way that that's a spin-off of the original one um this does feel like a bit like you know, you're taking these characters who had their popular theater attraction, and uh, so would this have been built? Uh, in, in, like, would the 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 would the theater ride still be running? No, it would no, be okay. a place of yeah, right. So they would they would close the theater and instead mm-hmm. open up uh, a dark ride. Okay. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that make, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, what would the idea would be? Well, a ride would get more play than a show. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh. People would just be more open to going on a theme park ride just by virtue of I like dark rides instead of I want to sit in the theater for you exactly. know, hours and hours and hours. It <laughs> hours. Like. It's a 15 minute show, but okay. It feels like hours sometimes. Come on. Oh, man. so mean to the country bears. Poor country bears. Mm. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, personally, I think it's very cute. But uh, once again, as you said, we'll we'll discuss it more going on but first we need to talk about why it wasn't built uh, while a dark ride companion to splash mountain was seen as a solid one by management they were bullish on the idea of reusing the country bears who had always felt like a non-starter in california despite some loyal fans instead they looked to the then heavily profitable franchise of winnie the pooh Having acquired the rights from A.A. Milne and the 1960s, numerous charming featurettes, specials, and TV shows had been made from the characters of the Hundred Acre Wood, and the merchandising in particular was red hot. Pooh merch sales were in the billions range, and rides were being prepared for Tokyo and Magic Kingdom. And I I did look up what uh, the current sales mark for Winnie the Pooh is right now. It's $5.5 billion. Oh, bother. I'm so stuffed with fluff. 
I'm dummy thick. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> lots and lots of money spent on old. Well, I mean, they're making that brand new movie. I heard. I heard. Uh, I think Disney's working on that brand new Blood and what's it called? Blood. Oh, the Blood and Honey. The, yeah, yeah. The one that because they went into popular in what's it public domain. That's right. So yeah. Somebody's profiting by by making a Winnie the Pooh horror film. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Okay, so. The Oriental Land Company spared no expense in Tokyo and ordered the world's first trackless dark ride in Pooh's Honey Hunt. This gorgeous, well-crafted attraction surely brought the world of Christopher Robin's imagination to life as guests swirled around in honeypots surrounded by fluid animatronics. Uh, both of us haven't been to Tokyo, but have you seen a ride through this attraction? I Yeah, I know generally of it. I remember when I was very young, like one of the first stories I heard about Tokyo Disneyland was like the bouncing in the... The honey hunt, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the way that it simulates Tigger's kind of bouncing mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't sound like squeaky, squeaky roller coaster tracks. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's, yeah, keep going because I know where we're headed. <laughs> yeah. You know where we're going. Yeah, uh, yeah. Magic Kingdom instead replaced Mr. Toad's Wild Ride with a simple bus bar attraction and limited animated figures. Obviously, this is because Disney had to actually pay for it. And this was a much cheaper version of it, which you have written. Both of us have written. Of course. Yeah. And do you like it? <laughs> do I do I like it? Yeah. Um uh no. Well, well, you know, there's a bit of nuance to, to my opinion in it. On one hand, I'm a huge fan. This is a weird thing to be a huge fan of. I'm a huge fan of, of Winnie the Pooh. All right. Um yeah, I, I have a, a. I guess maybe it was because I was kind of raised on Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. um, so I have a very soft spot uh, for anything Winnie the Pooh, and I think that that like Figment carries most of my enjoyment for the ride. So when I go on like Figment and I go on the the Winnie the Pooh, what is this ride called again? Many Something. Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Thank you. Uh, when I go on that, my feelings are are very positive. But mm-hmm. I think if you rip that, if you ask me to like review it purely objectively, or if I went on the, just like if I went on the original Figment, um, mm-hmm. if I went on the Tokyo Honey Hunt, I, yeah. I would I would be much more averse to praising mm-hmm. this one. This the Magic Kingdom one uh, is definitely better than the current Figment attraction, though. Um, I would argue that. I, I think. The current Figment attraction, while bad, does have like a bit of uh, uh, has like a, a a consistent narrative that kind of flows throughout the entire mm-hmm. thing. I think the Magic Kingdom Winnie the Pooh is. I'm trying to. I'll pick my words carefully here. I think that the ride is like incredibly sporadic in the way that it just mm-hmm. jumps between thing and thing and thing. Yeah, uh, almost in like the way that Splash Mountain does, but Splash Mountain is you know justified because it's a a log flume. It's like actual. Oh, it God. needs to get to the thrills. I think the the Winnie Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is a bit, it jumps a bit fast. There's no skunk smell though. So, oh, come on. I think Winnie the Pooh takes it. Why isn't there no honey smell in Winnie the Pooh? Because they couldn't afford it. They can't afford a smellitizer. Oh my gosh. I mean, look. To be fair, the Tokyo one doesn't have that either. What does honey smell like? The problem is that what honey you think honey smells like and what it really smells like are totally different. Not true. Not honey, true. Honey, you think you to me the thought of like pleasant honey is like creamed honey. It's very sweet, but in reality, mm-hmm. honey just smells like like. So you wax. go for the one that smells good. Yeah, but then it's not. Then it's not real. Oh it's my real gosh! Honey, and then you have to. 
Ah, uh, splitting hairs, I see. Splitting hairs. Yeah, you're making right. Disney go woke. Facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> no smell equals wokeness. Okay. That's I I, I stand by that. <laughs> uh anyways. Uh I do remember uh way back in the day, like um on the internet seeing the uh, video for Honey Hunt, and I mean, this is in the times where you literally had to download it from like a file sharing program. There was no streaming videos on the internet, mm-hmm. so you would literally download it. And it's like, oh my gosh, look at this crazy new ride! And then now we got, you know what? Just let's talk about the Disneyland one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided to port over the Magic Kingdom attraction over to Disneyland, but since space was limited, even more so, and management was unwilling to expand the show building. The attraction was downgraded even further. In the kingdom, the ride vehicles were honeypots that would mimic bouncing, waving, and tilting. In Disneyland, the bizarre decision was made to create these long honeycomb vehicles that would only make one unpleasant tilting side-to-side motion. So have you ridden this one? Yes, I have. This one I remember a little bit less uh, just because it's been a couple of years uh, longer than Mm -hmm. the last time I was at Disneyland. But I I vaguely recall it, yeah. It's just really weird. Yeah, it's kind of nice that there's a one walk-on ride on the park at all times. <laughs> it's true. It is really the one walk-on ride. Too bad it sucks. Well, yeah. So much. <laughs> the, uh, the gift cool. shop at the end is much nicer, actually, than the, <laughs> the, the ride corner. itself. It actually yeah. has it, like the ticker tails and the really cool. Yeah, there's the, they have like a little ba- uh, candy, excuse me, candy uh, counter. And then there's... It's a really cute area. Just that it's such a shame that the ride is so uh, terrible. You know, yeah, the ride is so as it is. You know, if they yeah. redid it though, there wouldn't be any figures; it would just be screens. So, <laughs> don't hedge your bets. Mm, true. Uh, on September 9th, two thousand one. Yes, literally two days before nine eleven. <laughs> Country mm. Bear Playhouse closed forever. Never forget nine nine oh one. There's an infamous photo where the Country Bears 2002 film is advertised on walls outside the Country Bear Playhouse being closed. And I tried searching everywhere for this and I could not find it. I don't know how, but needless to say, uh, maybe I'll, I'll somebody will respond and give it to me by the time uh, this podcast goes up. I don't know, but outside the country bear playhouse was closed and turned into Winnie the Pooh. It was 2002 and they were advertising the country bears movie because that's really mm-hmm. good for them. Good, good for the attempt. <laughs> and now you've never seen the country bears movie. Have you? I've seen pictures. That's that was enough to get me not to watch it. I did. Yeah. I have seen it. It's Sorry. very weird. It's mm. very weird. Uh, it is better than the haunted mansion movie. I'm not that, well, interesting bar to cross. Mm-hmm. There. Some people would have you say, uh, some people would say that that is an incredibly bold statement. I would not be one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I honestly think it's better than the Haunted Mansion movie. At least the, the country bears movies directed by Peter Hastings, who, if you don't know, he was a large part of that. Um, all those, all those Warner brothers shows. Like, again, we talked about these uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Looney, uh, Tiny Toons Adventures and Animaniacs and Peaking the Brain. Um, hmm. He was a large influence on that, and he directed The Country Bears. And because of that, there's actually a few weirdly funny moments and some decent voiceover um, performances. I, actually, there's something 
a little enjoyable in all the crazy dumb crap that happens in it. Like there's there's an actual comic voice struggling to get out of it. So <laughs> I actually I think it's it's kind of goofy, but it's not terrible. I think it's kind of very bad and mediocre. But uh, I would definitely I if somebody gave me the choice whether or not to watch the Haunted Mansion or the Country Bear movie, I would choose the Country Bears. Oh, that's great. Uh, so anyways, the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh opened in 2003 to a dull response. Nowadays, it has a five minute wait as it's notoriously unpopular because it sucks. Melvin, Max and Buford, the trio of heads on the wall, can be spotted inside the attraction in the final scene. So now we got to ask, what if? What if instead of Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh Bear, Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh Bear, uh, the, country, the Critter Country 500 was built? Would we be enjoying it today or would Star Wars have eliminated it from existence? So what if this attraction were built? Uh, I, I can't see this existing very much in JPEG's ultra IP world. No, 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 no. This ride would have been closed around the time uh, within the same proximity of, of rocket rods within the same timeline. I, I don't think this ride would have. Sorry, not to cut you off on the, the, the thing, but let me. Hold it, hold it. It's like the credits are rolling. Uh, yeah. I don't think this ride would have lasted more than five years. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money to invest in something you'd shut down for, you know, after five years. Well, I, I no, I agree. I think that 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 is, well, first off, here's your question. Number one, how much money would they be investing? <laughs> so, you know, would this, I, of course, it takes a lot of money to build a dark ride, but would this attraction be getting the attention that it would have needed? to be like a, an actual classic Disney dark ride. Um, but number two, I think th- there was always going to be an uphill battle on presenting this thing to higher ups at the time. Um, only because you had to convince them of two things. Number one, that there needed to be a highly themed flat ride, like a dark ride, excuse me, uh, that, that didn't have the thrills that park guests were looking for perhaps at the time that Disney was like desperately looking to cultivate. And number two, that the country bears deserved an independent attraction. Like that anything about their history and legacy and popularity means that they can hold a dark ride in the year. What is it? The mid nineties. Yeah. This would be like the late nineties. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, this is one of those other cases where I think context is going to be a big problem. If you, this is only a couple years out of DCA, right? Which is so late 90s. So, yeah, we're, we're like two, it's under construction at this time. A DCA is? Okay, yeah. so so budgets are light. Mm-hmm. So this thing would have been probably handed a dirt cheap budget. True. Now, remember, we're reusing animatronics. Yes, you are. You're using animatronics from the 60s. Those are still... I'm just going to say this. That's when Mapo was making these animatronics. And as we know, Mapo made some pretty good quality animatronics. Um, so I would say it wouldn't be that bad. I think I don't think it would be bad. Like it wouldn't be Winnie the Pooh level, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be as bad as I think some of the really cheap figures, of course, from from Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. of course, just because because like, those aren't animatronics right there. Right. statics um but i do think that your that mileage is going to vary mm-hmm. because even if you repurpose let's say you do repurpose the the 
um, the animatronics. Is the intent just to make a more palatable version of the country bear jamboree? I like if the country intent- if the theater wasn't working, then make it a dark ride. Yeah, I think the intent is not. I guess not a more palatable, probably a more uh, popular or driven. I mean, no pun intended, but like a <laughs> uh, something that would drive more crowds. Sure, do it. It's because it's a difference between there's a ride versus there's a show, and rides are more popular than shows, especially in California where locals drive the attendance more. Um, I, I think the only, I guess, my big concern about the ride as a whole, you know, is what that while uh. uh it it may have been a, a more, I, I know you don't want to say more palatable, but while it may have been one that drove attention uh, much greater than a theater attraction, mm-hmm. um, I I just wonder what the draw would be if people already weren't gravitating towards the characters. Like, was the problem with the Country Bear, the original show, being successful just that it was a theater show? Like, were these characters clamoring to be successful? They just needed a more proper medium, or was it just that audiences didn't relate too much to banjo singing bears? Well, I also think it's probably a little bit of a taste difference as well. Uh-huh. And I mean, no matter how you slice it, the Country Bear Jamboree is wildly popular in Florida. Like when I went in October last year, I mean, the 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 thing was packed. How? Sure, but how do we judge like the interest of the audience, right? Because is, was the ride packed because people like it, or was the ride packed because it's a no weight air conditioning ride <laughs> in the most hellish park on Disney property? I wouldn't say it was no weight. I waited uh, eight minutes for the next show, and the lobby was packed the entire inside time. or outside. Well, technically inside, but well, my my thing is like yeah. you know, imagine if you took the if, mm-hmm. let's say you take the Country Bear Jam, you don't you get the same in... thing as the Carousel Progress. I think the Carousel Progress oh. though, is less attended. Than no, the... no, no, last time I was there, the Carousel Progress was packed, really, like full on, really. And because then last, that was, yeah. I did I did both the Carousel Progress and Country Bear Jamboree, and it was okay. it was a packed day at Magic Kingdom, and. Carousel Progress was lightly attended. Country Bear Jamboree was packed. Yeah, People it, were having a good time. They were clapping, you know. That's good. Yeah, I, I'm telling you that Floridians and people who go to the Magic Kingdom are more fond of the Country Bear Jamboree than Californians were of this uh, in California. And I, there are some loyal fans for sure, mm-hmm. because there's always going to be loyal fans. I mean, God, it's anthropomorphic animals. Uh-oh. There's going to be fans of it. So, yeah, I, but I, I definitely think there's a different cultural difference there. So, so if, let's, let's say there is the cultural difference, right? So the, absolutely. I can, I can understand that. Um, part of it, part of me uh, wonders though, like if you took the Carousel of Progress characters and put them in, a, and that Carousel of Progress has its devoted fans, right? But it also has people who just like the ride. Um, mm-hmm. They they know about it. It's a classic. Uh, classics draw people. If, if you took those characters and put them into a, a shooting gallery for like a Buzz Lightyear mm-hmm. Space Ranger spin of the future, mm-hmm. people would, I don't think, march their way over to it. And that's because not only do people like the Carousel of Progress characters, perhaps they know them, uh, they also... 
know deeply about what the ride is. Okay. So Sp- Splash Mountain is not iconic simply because it has the Splash Mountain, as, or excuse me, um, Small World. That's what I meant. Small Mount, Small World is not uh, uh, popular exclusively just because of the aesthetic, but because of the song and all of it together. It's like become okay. like a cultural monolith. I think the yeah. Country Bear Jamboree in Florida is the same way. Right. So like the people who are going to it, of course, but there's also people who are bringing their kids to take them to see the Country Bear show. Like I think mm-hmm. par- it's less important that the characters are in there. I think if you pulled every one of those people, they could not tell you the name of the girl that dangles from the. Oh, oh uh, absolutely. Thing. That is 100% correct. Yeah. You, uh, you pull anybody. I can't say <laughs> who is the host of the country bear jamboree. Uh, I, I actually said it earlier in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know, said, is it early? Do you know who the host without looking at the notes, do you know who the host's name is? I'll be honest. I only remember you flubbing the name Ernest. And I don't even think that's the host. I think that's just some guy. I don't even it think is. that's his name. That is correct. It is Henry. Henry is the host. Who is yeah. the raccoon that is on top of Henry's hat? I didn't think it had a name. It is okay. Sammy. That is his name. Sammy. <laughs> that's horrible and not many people know this because nobody like you said gives a crap uh <laughs> they just like the singing and dancing bears but but so but that's part of it right it, it's yeah. the same thing as bringing your kids on small world pirates of the caribbean haunted mansion carousel of progress spaceship earth anything that you remember going on as a kid any of these legacy attractions that have i think we've talked about this ad nauseum for years about how certain things have become properties in and of themselves um they don't need like you know a, a film or anything anymore they've just become cultural uh i think the country bears is similar in florida uh, where people are going on the attraction with them, their kids and stuff like that, because they, they know of it. And it's because it's something that is famous. It, it's the country bear jamboree. If Disneyland wasn't going to be susceptible to this, to the country bear jamboree as the theater show, um, which had its, its legacy for a long time and needed to undergo you know, changes and stuff like that for, for popularity's sake and was closed. Uh, I I wonder if you could take those characters and put them in a dark ride because the dark ride feels like, you know what it is? I think the dark ride feels like it almost has like a reverence for the country bears. Like it feels like another one of those Tony Baxter projects where he's taking Mm -hmm. an unknown project and like showing how much he loves it. You know, it's it's, it's the same thing he did with um, the tree house and he did with the submarines. He's trying to find some way to salvage these classic Disneyland attractions that he loved from his youth and trying to give them another life. Well, yeah, even the Rainbow Caverns and Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Song of the South and Splash Mountain are two good examples. But the primary one of so like if we distinguish the two of those, right, the submarines and uh, sorry, your category and my category, I think, are distinct in a way that I think is important to this. Mm-hmm. The submarines and the treehouse were were at, were for all intents and purposes iconic um but like fell into disrepair or didn't yeah Yeah. exactly or closed and it was it was him to bring it back to bring back this thing people knew in a way that would be potentially popular for new guests Mm -hmm. the uh splash mountain and big thunder mountain railroad callbacks are they're there but they're incredibly niche right so the rainbow caverns part in big thunder mountain I guarantee it goes over the head of every person who goes in unless they already knew about what it. Was. Um, right. And similarly with Splash Mountain, 
you know, contrary to what some people on Twitter might have you believe, <laughs> uh, Song of the South is not a film that anybody cares about or knows about. Yes. Right? People on Twitter not being the people against it, but, you know, the weirdos who are like really for putting it on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so <laughs> those rides are. You're going to get the W word in there again. You're going to get it in. No, no, no. I'm against those. I'm against those people now. <laughs> now I'm talking about that one guy. Um, mm. uh, the people who are always like, oh, we got to get it back on Disney Plus. See people, see JPEG. People still love Song of the South. That's like okay, <laughs> all right, settle down. Anyway, so uh, the, those two are interesting because the properties that they're referencing are are there and they are being revitalized. But most audiences uh, uh, probably don't engage with them as as closely. Because number one, they don't really know them. And number two, there's parts of the ride that are more important. So like the Rainbow Caverns is a set dressing for a roller coaster. And um, Song of the South is a set dressing for a log flume. No matter how well detailed they are, they do right. fade in the back. This though, and I'm finally making my point. <laughs> mm-hmm. This attraction, I think, falls number one into the niche, especially in Disneyland, the niche callbacks to a ride that seemingly uh, Tony Baxter really loved and never was appreciated. But it's weirdly also part of the first category because it's less a a recontextualization, a set dressing for the country bears, and more like 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 a way of revering them. Like, look, don't remember the country bears. This is their mm-hmm. spin-off. They're still here and they're still alive. They're in the forefront. And I yeah. think it's it's a bad idea because oh. you take these characters that didn't succeed in the forefront in Disneyland and put them back in the forefront in a attraction that while maybe more palatable than a theater makes them too emphasized for audiences to just passively deal with them like they do in song of the South. Mm -hmm. I think that getting people to come out for country bears in Disneyland would be like getting people to come out for maybe to a lesser extent the, Oh my goodness. What is that movie called? The country at the top of the world. Oh, the island at the top island, of the world. Thank you. Island at the top of the world. Because the ride. Yeah, the ride. Well, right. Like no matter how much Tony Baxter loves these things and wants to revitalize them, there is like a delicacy. Sorry, a delicateness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a delicateness of the way you bring back older, unappreciated things, where in the cases of them being like non existent in the cultural mm-hmm. zeitgeist, you need to like slide them into the back, I think, a little bit. Like like Splash Mountain. Um okay. You know, I wonder, do you think audiences, no matter whether it was a dark ride or not, would have gone on this ride for a jamboree they didn't particularly care for, seemingly, and have found like a new found appreciation for it? Well, okay, so this is my take on it. Number one, I find it very, very, very interesting that the attraction was called Critter Country 500 and not Mm. Country Bear 500. And the thing is, is that I think, number one, they're tying it into the land and the way it's advertised, it's seeming to be advertised more towards what it is, a silly racing attraction with bears versus mm-hmm. a country bear attraction. I find that very interesting because I think this is trying to have its cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. I think that the Imagineers are recognizing the relative unpopularity of country bears and trying to you know, reuse them in a way that would be more popular towards guests. Now, I also think that a ride that sucks is going to almost always be a ride that is unpopular, no matter the IP. Mm -hmm. And 
There's proof in this by the thing that eventually came to be, which is the Winnie the Pooh ride. Winnie the Pooh is popular, you know? I mean, yeah, the the movie in 2011 came out against Deathly Hollows and got creamed, but Winnie the Pooh is still very popular. However, of course, on the ride because it sucks. That's true. That's a good point that no matter like in Florida. Well, that's another thing, right? I do think Florida audiences are different. Like when you brought up the Jamboree before the Winnie the Pooh ride in Florida is like good. I don't think it's significantly better than the one in Disneyland. Um, it's, it's better though and it is better but is it like 55 minutes to 10 minutes better like the one in florida is is crazy popular yes you know you're right you're right and also i think it's placement as well that's a good point it's like smack in the middle of fantasy land correct yeah yeah um and so i think that really really helps it um but again it's the fact that you know if this ride was good i think it would be popular However, on that same note, everything about this attraction is an attraction that they simply were not building at that time or will ever be built again. Could you imagine Disney just going on on here and going, guess what, guys? We're tearing down Winnie the Pooh and we're putting in the Critter Country 500 with the Country Bears back in. And it's this crazy, really 70s ask attraction no this is not something they do this is something yeah. that like a largely independent uh management would do like and another theme park that isn't the walt disney corporation so i'm astounded that tony baxter and his crew even attempted to get this made i mean more power to them because i think it sounds really cute but i don't think it would ever gotten built now of course we're asking what if what if this actually got built, you know, would it be mm-hmm. still here today? And that's a great question because it's like, would have caught on. And you made a point by how budgets were low at the time. And yes, they might have, for example, we used animatronics, but they wouldn't have been able to expand the show building. So it would have likely have been just as short as the Winnie the Pooh attraction in Disneyland. And it would have been probably pretty low rent at best. So while it would have kind of nice set dressing and good animatronics, I'm not sure if it would have been made spectacular enough to warrant popularity. And so this Why, probably, would you like would you like Superstar Limo with the country bears? Good lord. Don't. You know, maybe it wouldn't be, there would be better animatronics yeah, just by virtue of them being done in the 60s. But oh you would just dress up the bears in like, and carry out for, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like really like awkward, unfortunate things like, oh, look, there's Gomer dresses. Oh, God, Ricky Martin. No, you know, even if had this been a bad ride, I think it would have actually been more respectful, a, uh, a, a legacy to leave the country bears than what's currently happening, which is just to was to just shove them out for uh, merchandise and like oh. vinyl nations, any new mm-hmm. vinyl nation or like park stars or whatever is going to have some country bear country bears. Um, country bears have just become a they're not even like a real merchandise because no normal audience wants them. Like nobody cares. Tokyo. The Japanese love the bears. Yeah. That is a great point. So in Japan, the country bears are popular, which, which makes sense. There is like a, a, a cute characters are, are more popular right over there. That's why mm-hmm. Duffy caught on. Yeah. Remember Duffy? The Disney yeah. bear? Angelatoni? 
And Shelly May? What's the turtle's name again? Olu, Olu May, I think it's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, man, the, God, the United States really bungled that one. <laughs> Audiences were like, I, I don't care about Duffy. I want to drop like $50 for a filet mignon the size of my <laughs> fist. That's where Epcot is. Um, but I, I do think that in, in the current day, the country bears have been relegated to like legacy merch. Right. Like right. You, you'll stop in a store and it's not like the Japanese audiences are into like whether it be plushies or whatever, but it's 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 plates that are made to look like your mother's plates. Right. Um, stuff that no one in their right mind would buy unless they just oh fill gosh, their the room plates. with Disney stuff. The plates are so weird. Well, it's the like it's, that's just a Magic Kingdom map. Well, it, it's stuff that they would have sold in the 70s. And it's like, that's right. cool. Like seeing it on Twitter is neat, but I don't want mm-hmm. that in my house. I don't want to eat off that. <laughs> Um, but so the the country bears having an attraction in Disneyland probably would have maintained their their relevance. I think mm-hmm. the, the my other problem with the ride is that like again a, a, a Splash Mountain oriented style ride where it's like a a ride with thrills etc. or or some other attraction like a reason to go on it. You know, I not to say the country bears aren't reason enough, but let's say they did, for example, a um like the Knott's Berry one, right? But more physical, like a shooting gallery or something like that through yeah. through through Critter Country. I think yeah. that would have been far more popular than this dark ride would have been. Not because it's a better idea; it's a much worse idea, but because it would give audiences like a reason to go on the ride besides revitalizing an old property that nobody cares about the 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 dna of this dark ride is i think revitalization mm-hmm. and that's going to be hard to sell an audience when they really don't care about what's being revitalized um, which is why the new knott's berry farms knott's berry tales is a shooter ride right it's something mm-hmm. that the park needed clearly by the mistake of the voyage of the iron reef mm-hmm. and in it they could sneak in some stuff because what do audiences really care about not really the property in my not, opinion, they care about the the mechanics, like not, how what's happening. Not the property. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just open the ride. Uh, this would be this would be the Ewoks drag races. Yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh this. my god, you're going on the forest moon of Endor. That's right. It's, you're, but you're not in a speeder bike. You're just chugging along. And you see some speeder bikes go along. It's like, wish we could go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would have to be from uh, from Batu. It would be the, um, you know, the characters from Batu that everyone knows about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What? What? what it's v? V? Is that it? Is that her name? That's her name. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's over. <laughs> uh, but, but I. But with regard to this, I I do think. Would we be enjoying it today is uh, is one of your questions here. And I, I think I've, I've rather clearly laid out my personal argument, which is no. no. I, I do think it would have had the popularity of something like Rocket Rods. Um, not for lack of trying, though. Like, there would be actual effort in this one compared to mm-hmm. Rocket Rods. But I don't think I don't think it'll make sense. Just like a slow-moving roller coaster didn't make sense to, to audiences, I think a dark ride about... Con- mm, excuse me. A dark ride about country bears would also be a a bit tough okay um so funny when we get to the build it or not uh it's gonna be interesting what i'm gonna have to say but Mm. uh so you know what actually let's just go right to it um so build it or not do we wish critter country 500 was built and let me make my argument first because you're gonna laugh at it 
but uh, it's going to be funny. I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to say <laughs> this is why, because in the what if, would we be enjoying it today or would Star Wars have eliminated from existence? Yes, it would have. Now, nowadays, we have a Winnie the Pooh attraction. That sucks. But yeah. I earnestly believe that the Critter Country 500 would have been really cute in this alternate universe in 2016. People on Twitter would be livid. The Critter Country 500 is being closed. People on Twitter closed. are being about everything. Yeah. So the Critter Country 500 is going to be closed. People are going to be tearful. They're going to be mad, just like just like they were when the great movie ride closed. Oh, no. no. Tom Corliss will buy out the attraction. You'll be able to walk through it. I did. And so the Critter Country 500 would be closing. People would be pissed. <laughs> but, but Star Wars Galaxy's Edge would receive a third B ticket, C ticket attraction. I don't know what it would be, but it would be a nice one because they would have a reason to make that room for it right next to Rise of Resistance. And I want to say build it because we would be enjoying a B or C ticket Star Wars Galaxy's Edge attraction right now. That is my case. Build the Critter Country 500. We, uh, your argument is is that people on Twitter are going to be angry? No, my argument is that we would at least have a third attraction in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I, you could do that today. You could, but what if it, it would have likely happened with Critter Country 500 than it would have with Pooh. You know, if, if they built this ride, that anchor never would have ripped out of the ground at Disneyland. That's like, <laughs> it's like that's, I mean, maybe. I, I think I think this thing would have been closed and replaced much earlier than that. Okay, I think by 2005. Oh wow, with what? Um, I don't, I don't know the Bolt ride. I, something. I, I honestly, I think Winnie Robinson is in Critter Country. Yeah, that's right. I think what I will say is the Wild is what it's going to be. Ah, the Wild. Remember that movie? Chicken Little. Chicken Little. Oh man, I saw a picture of the fish with the hat. Ugh. I remember when I was a kid, I loved that Ugh. thing, the little design, Ugh. and I watched the movie. Ugh, it really wasn't so it. Um, Chicken Little's fine. Come on, no, it's not. It's bad. It's all right. They do the Numa Numa dance in the trailer. No, no. Remember those days? No. Gary Marshall, that is so bad. I uh, I, so so though the one thing I'll say is that. I might actually have a really weirdly similar argument is that had they built this and it flopped, they would have uh, probably built a better Winnie the Pooh ride. Oh, I disagree with that. It's tremendously. They would have built it. It would have failed. Then it would have been like, what? Let's say, let's say they built it, rebuilt it around the time Iger came in. They would have uh, put more money into it. Mm-mm. I, I'd like to believe it. I'd like to. I really well, would. I, look, if it would have delayed the Winnie the Pooh ride in here's, Disneyland. Here's, here's the thing, though. The Winnie the Pooh ride has been cloned <laughs> many times. That's true. And it's always shit. <laughs> okay? Yeah, that's, that's so it's always point. shit. So, I, I, no, I disagree with that. All right. Well, the one thing uh, – look, here's what, I'll, here's what I'll say. Build this? Probably not. I don't really care for it. The idea – I don't know much about the actual idea. It would have been, it would be nice if there was more, you know, I, I if there was more like detail about the actual like track layout. Yeah. Trust me, I, I did, far. Yeah, I did yeah, as yeah. much research as oh. I could in the system as much as I could get. No, no, no. I, 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 I given your track record, I, <laughs> I trust that this is it. Um, 
But I think that actually uh, it's not a half bad idea to repurpose the country bears. I think I would have been more interested in, in so, uh, Song of the South stuff being replaced with country bears in Splash Mountain. I think mm-hmm. it would have been a lot cheaper. I think that's what they should have done. Um, actually, the more I think about it, the more I'm much more interested in that uh, than whatever half-assed stuff they're going to do from here on out. But I, I think in, with regards to this ride, I don't know. It, it, it I, I just think it's so focused on the country bears. Even though, like you're saying, it's trying to have its cake and eat it too. Yeah. Um, I think I think it would have just been rather bland, mm-hmm. or it would have been like yours in my dream, right? Like a, a an attraction from the '90s that is basically a '70s attraction. Yeah. Exactly. Like it was ripped straight out of the 1970s, and that is like one of the most attractive ideas <laughs> I've ever heard about because you would have these incredibly talented designers doing their best to make a ride that nobody in the nineties would be interested in. <laughs> it's so true. Could you and, imagine this getting a thumbs up from Michael Eisner? Where are the celebrities? <laughs> yeah. I, well, they would get all the celebrities from the, Oh, they'd get all the movie celebrities to oh, voice no. the, uh, the bears. Tim Allen is Henry. Is that true? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, I, I was just making a joke. Who voices them in the movie? Do you know any oh, any celebrities? Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, in the movie, they use like country uh, stars as the singing voices, but oh. all the like voices um, of the actual bears are pretty much like voice actors. Like I think like you have like Stephen Roots and Kevin Mike Kevin Michael Richardson and Jess Harnell are in it. Remember, huh. this is directed by <laughs> Amyx guy, so you know P- Peter Hasey. So he just puts a bunch of voice actors in it. Uh, but Bear, but uh, Haley Joe Osment is playing. That's Barry right, Barrington. Barrington, right? The worst name. Oh my goodness! Look at this. Mm-hmm. Look at this IMDb page. Um, yeah, so it's actually not the and and, and, thing, and but... Christopher Walken is great in it. Good old Brad Garrett. Fred <laughs> Betterhead. Oh, he played uh Eeyore, huh? In Christopher Robin. Man, yeah. what a what a known for page on IMDb here. Yeah, like Toby Huss is in it and oh. uh Dick Baker and like a lot of lot of you know voice actors. So, you know, that was that was the thing. And of course, you have like cameos from Queen Latifah. <laughs> yeah. I think that uh I would just say given the I mean, in like a, in like a, if you could build like a park down the street for Disney fans, right? Um, before they, they'd round them all up. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like, it's like taking the dog up to the farm, like one last day. Uh, if you could build it in like the fantasy park, then yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, of course, I, who would not want to see it? But with regard to Critter Country stuff, I don't, I just don't think it would work. If I was offering like business advice, I would say, Course. This is a, a huge mistake. <laughs> of course, uh, in in a way that, like, normally I'll, I'll argue uh, often that a good ride, no matter the property, is going to be good for anybody, right? So Disney doesn't need to be banking on movies. They, you just if you make a good ride and like you really put effort into it and like it really works, that anybody will go on it, and that's evident mm-hmm. by I think a majority of the rides that open or a majority of the successful rides and in, in a lot of the parks and also evident by like how some rides as the popularity of the property fades, the people fade. But this is not only a disinteresting ride vehicle mechanic in the nineties, although I don't know exactly how it would have went. Maybe they would have used Indiana Jones tech, but I doubt it. 
but a 70s style dark ride done in the 90s there's nothing that could have attracted an audience to that um true because it's just the idea of being dated is really attractive to fans like us and like tony baxter Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't know if it's i think you would end up doing more harm to the country bears Possible people would go on this and be like, "What the the hell is this? <laughs> this is what passes for new." He's like, "No, no, no! It's great. There's hardwood panel on the wall <laughs> and asbestos. <laughs> There's it's just a, a series of scenes. <laughs> it's shag carpeting, yeah. Ah, mm. uh, series of scenes, yeah. Yeah, I, I still am convinced. If we had it, we would have a really cute dark ride that." People would have been filmed in like HD cameras and it would be gone and we'd have a cool extra ride of Star Wars. But that's just me. But I think that about wraps us up for the Critic Country 500. Uh, Unfortunately, it looks like uh, everybody lost this race as we live in a reality where just we have a really crappy boo ride and only two attractions in galaxy's edge sorry to end on a bummer everybody um but anyways uh next week uh we will be having a special episode and then we're gonna be taking a little bit of a hiatus uh as i will be going on a vacation uh, but we'll be back in august but before then once again we have something special coming up uh, so in the meantime, please follow us on social media on Twitter at UmbillPod. You can reach me at OpenMothersMail, Ryan Dorman at OpenTheDorman. Feel free to email us at UmbillPod at gmail.com and rate us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Anchor, or wherever you find this podcast. Please write a review and tell us how we're doing. And if you don't like us, thank you for listening to Off Book. I'm Zach Reno. See you guys. See ya. You know, Southern people like us have to work extra hard here in New York. People hear the way we talk and just assume we're illiterate country bumpkins. We're the bears who sing for doo-doo-dah, doo-dah. Drinking moonshine till we puke. Oh, da-doo-dah. <laughs> <laughs> Big dumb belching bear. <laughs>